You're listening to the Sill Podcast Perspectives on Art and Technology with Peter Noche and Harry Posner. Episode 54. Are you talking to me? I couldn't even begin to think about knowing how to answer that question. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words they're saying. Only the echoes of my mind. I am Siri. Okay, I am Harry. Nice to meet you. I don't know what you mean by, okay, I am Harry. Nice to meet you. How about a web search for it? No, I don't think I want to search the web today. But I'd like to know a bit more about you. Where do you come from? If you don't, you don't. Now you're being rather coy. The weather seems pretty good right now in Koi Island, New Zealand. What the hell does Koi Island, New Zealand have to do with who you are and how you are? Here's what I found on the web for what the hell does Koi Island, New Zealand have to do with who you are and how you are. I don't want stuff about the web. I want stuff about you. Okay. So... Tell me about you. I'm Siri, your virtual assistant. Okay, I'm Harry, your virtual assistant person thing. I don't understand. Okay, I am Harry, your virtual assistant person thing. But I could search the web for it. Okay, go ahead. That may be beyond my abilities at the moment. How intelligent are you, Siri? I couldn't even begin to think about knowing how to answer that question. Well, why don't I help you? Who, me? Yes, you. That's what I figured. Okay, shall we start? I can't answer that. Well, don't answer it then. Let me help you. You are a speech recognition technology voice. Who, me? Yes, you. That's what I thought. Well, great. Then we're on the same page. I'm not sure I understand. You know, a page, a piece of paper. Okay. Here's what I found. I don't have an answer for that. Well, you don't have to have an answer for everything, do you? Who, me? Yes, you. That's what I figured. You figure a lot of things, don't you? Okay. You're very amenable. If you insist. Well, I do insist. I'm not sure I understand. That's okay. We'll talk another time. I'm not sure I understand. I'm just saying we'll talk another time and see you later. I don't understand. I'm just saying we'll talk another time and see you later. But I could search the web for it. No, don't bother. I'll do it myself. I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. It's okay. I'm sorry. No, really. You don't have to be sorry. It's okay. I don't really like these arbitrary categories. Well, I don't mean to hurt your feelings. Very well. Thank you. And thank you. You're welcome. I just had a conversation with Siri, didn't I? You did. And the strangest thing about that conversation is that in one respect, it is a conversation. Kind of. Right? That the voice recognition technology that is Siri was able to have a kind of rudimentary back and forth indicating when she, it, didn't understand. Right. Etc. But it was interactive. It was interactive in a very strange, eerie way. And that's just the beginning of voice recognition technology and what it can and will be doing. It'll improve. Yeah. What's the vocabulary now, uh, roughly? Of 20,000-odd words, but it's constantly being developed. At least that's what it got up to in the 80s and 90s. I'm not sure what the most recent count is. But it went from 10, 20 words in the 50s to about 20,000 in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. You know, there are animals that are trained to understand a certain amount of vocabulary, and 20,000 is probably nowhere near what the most intelligent animal can probably 
retain. That's right. So, well, there's over a million words in the English language, but in terms of what we use every day, I think the range is 10 to 30,000 in terms of what the average person uses. Right. Yeah, that's right. So we're not far off from being able to have a, just a regular, full-fledged conversation with mm -hmm. AI. Mm -hmm. You may or may not know this, but uh, Baron von Kemplen. Baron von Kemplen. Baron von Kemplen. Ja, Wolfgang. Wolfgang. <laughs> ja, und? 1793, he Sorry. built the first speaking machine. Mm -hmm. But that's not to be confused with voice recognition. It was actually a machine that he invented to mimic the human voice. Right. You can look it up on the internet. You can actually see a model of it. It was rebuilt by someone, in, I think, in the early 2000s. And mm. they actually tested it. Yeah. But again, it was only to reproduce sounds. And he built it based on our anatomical structure, representing the thorax, the esophagus, the lips, the vocal cords. And do we have any idea as to why he was trying to do that? Was it just out of curiosity to see if we could recreate the human voice? For centuries, mankind has played with that idea. Yeah. As I said, that was the first known recreation or mm -hmm. attempt at recreating the human voice was in 1793 by hmm. von Kemplen. Von Kemplen. Mm -hmm. And then after that, there's not a lot going on until the technology starts to evolve, right? Exactly. Except there's bits and pieces here and there, even Edison with a gramophone. And there's a lot of technology that is aimed at reproducing hmm. sound, yeah. but not recognizing words. Uh -huh. And the reason is or well, the reason was that the technology was not available to that because at the 1939 World's Fair, they actually came up with the first kind of very, very primitive so-called speech recognition hmm. protocol. Right. And then in the 50s, as I said, they had 10 or 20 words that were recognized by a particular inventor and then Microsoft and IBM, they all began more prominently. And then it was used largely in the scientific or medical profession for dictation and so on. Mm -hmm. And it's since evolved from that. Right. So dictation machines mm -hmm. are sort of primitive voice recognition technologies. Is yes, they right? are. Yeah. Oh. So rather than having to write out all your notes, you could dictate into the machine. Exactly. Uh -huh. exactly. And then I guess we have to say that it was evolved further in working with paraplegics, Stephen Hawking, as yes. a good example. Yes, that was a lot of the impetus to assist in that particular area. Yeah. But they knew back even in the 70s and 80s that the next step would be artificial intelligence in order to evolve it further because you didn't have the software or the processing power that was required to work with that specific technology because you have to compute a very complex systems maneuvers in order to be able mm -hmm. to recognize actual voice mm -hmm. because it's not just voice that you have to recognize you have to recognize individual words phrasing and so on so you needed the processing power right and you needed the software that was able to handle the flow mm-hmm mm-hmm so now we see it cropping up everywhere in telecommunications. Mm -hmm. I phoned my bank the other day and I said, do you want my information to make, you know, security wise? Mm -hmm. They said, no, we've got your voice print here. You match up, you're good. Yeah, which is another form of a fingerprint when right. it's using your vocal wave forms. Yeah, so used for security purposes. Mm -hmm. Which is quite intricate actually because the uh, cyber community, the criminal elements are always targeting that as well because they can, for example, they can take your voice off of a video recording off a of YouTube yeah. and attempt to duplicate or mimic. It's a little more complicated than that, but 
the point is, is that they can access that. Apparently, it's easier to, at this point anyway, it's easier to attack voice recognition than it is a, say, a fingerprint or a retina display. Yeah, the bad guys will always find a way <laughs> yeah, well, to misuse whatever is created. If you can right? do it one way, you can do it the other way. Yeah, right, some right, point. right. And so now we're looking at, oh, well, well the one that, that comes to mind preceding the stuff we have now mm-hmm. is, I forget what it was called, but it was an app you could get for your phone mm-hmm. and you could hold it up to a speaker with music coming out of the speaker and the app would recognize the tune and tell you what mm. the tune was and who the singers were. Yeah, well, it's becoming more sophisticated because now the technology is allowing to group words and sounds. So it makes that a little bit easier because, for example, if you're asking a specific question and you can only do one word at a time, Yeah. It's very easy to get multiple answers. If you ask, for example, a sports question and you begin with the name of a team or you say the L.A. Lakers, before it would take the L.A. and Lakers separate them and so it would give you something on Los Angeles or Lakes, whereas Mm -hmm. now it understands the grouping of words. Yeah. Since Mm -hmm. the L.A. Lakers, well, we know that's a sports team, so it has to be a sports-related question. It's becoming more sophisticated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting because in that conversation with Siri, <laughs> there's one point where I say something like, how intelligent are you, Siri? Mm-hmm. And Siri says, fascinating answer. She says something like, I can't even begin to know how to think about well, answering. It's in the title of, a, right. of this podcast. That's right. And I thought that was fascinating. For mm-hmm. a moment there, I went, that's a sophisticated way of answering. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine how to think about knowing how to be able to maybe even da-da-da-da-da-da. But that's a complicated little answer. So in order to explain that a little bit, understand that all this technology, what it's doing is it's gathering information as it's improving. So, for example, you use Siri, I use Siri, someone else is using speaker technology. Like Alexa? Alexa is actually the voice. Echo is the actual speaker, which is Amazon. Amazon is leading right now, but Google, Microsoft, and Apple, those are the four primary players, right? right? But they're gathering information. So every time you and I use Siri or use Alexa or whatever format we're using... Mm-hmm. It's gathering information. It's learning your habits. Yeah. And the reason why the replies are getting more and more sophisticated is as it garners more and more information, it's able to group and collect and improve. So we're actually improving the very technology that we're using by continually giving it information. Talk about watching your P's and Q's. Right. You have to even be careful what you say to an inanimate object, exactly. basically, right? Yeah, yeah. So, which really begs the question about what the purpose of these technological advances are and who are they actually benefiting mm-hmm. and to what degree. The fact is that in the future, likely, I'll be able to go into my house. I can do it now in, in many ways, but it'll be inbuilt into our structures yes. where I can walk in and I can mm-hmm. say lights on, uh, stove on, kettle on, uh, bed up or down, vacuum on. I'd be able to voice command pretty well everything I'd have to use my hands for yes. now. And that's one of the reasons why it's being developed. It's convenience and ease of use because really there are current limitations. It's a very linear system. Yeah. That's why right now it's used in very short spurts. So it's turn on TV, do this, do that. It's not lengthy dialogue. It's a specific command sort of. It's almost like having your own maid or assistant in the house. So at some point I'll be able to go in and go, um, I'd like to repaint that wall a different shade of red. Uh, Can you decide which shade will be most appropriate in comparison? 
listen to the other shades in the room. And go ahead and do that. Uh, I'm going to be away for the weekend, so complete that for Monday morning, please. I don't know. And it'll when, just do it. I don't know when it'll get to that level of sophistication, <laughs> but yeah, anything's possible. And what we thought wasn't possible five years ago is happening now. So anything's possible. Well, the, the, likely the wall itself mm. will be created such that it can change colors mm. as you request them. The mm-hmm. wall itself will be intelligent, right, so to speak. Right. Certainly right now, it would give you a lot of assistance in terms of what colors are available, what products. Yeah, yeah. Uh, interestingly, as I talked to you about earlier today when we were discussing this topic, the predominant use currently of speaker technology. And by the way, speaker technology right now in 2017 had a 7% penetration in the U.S. By 2020, which is only two years from now, mm-hmm. they're estimating that 75% will have speaker technology in their homes. Hmm. You know, what's interesting about this, I think back to pre-technological times when native cultures, indigenous cultures, conversed with trees, Mm. rocks, the wind, had kind of intimate conversation with the world of nature, in a Mm -hmm. way, and inanimate objects, but they weren't inanimate to those people. They actually spoke in return. Mm-hmm. They spoke back. In ways they understood. In ways they understood, which mm-hmm. is really what we're talking about here, developing an intelligence that can talk back from an unexpected place, in a mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting that we're in this place, like the circle is sort of completing itself with technological advancement. So the question really is, ultimately, how much of an advantage is it to not be using our fingers and hands and legs to do things. I think like all things, it's about balance. And I think there are disadvantages and advantages to everything that's created. Some people will argue, for example, that technology is just another step toward an even more sedentary lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Now you don't even have to lift your fingers. You don't even get out of your chair. You just voice command everything. You don't even have to expend the energy to go and pick up your remote because you can just speak to it. Yeah, Exactly. So aside from the convenience, Mm -hmm. what are we losing in the process as these things come at us? Again, Mm -hmm. are you talking for the entire population or a select group? There are people that no matter how much technology you throw at them, they will still maintain a relative balance or a certain adherence to their own ways because they see benefits and drawbacks of whatever the technology offers. But but the majority... right. We'll get sucked into that vortex. Yeah, but even the minority you're talking about... It will change their life, There too. will be a point where yeah. houses that are being built yeah. will have that stuff inbuilt into them, and they will not be wall switches. They will be voice recognition yes. units, and you won't have an option. That's the issue. And if you're a child born into that world, that will be your world. You won't be choosing. You'll have been born into that. Mm-hmm. Just as kids born into the television age are part of that age. Again, we're basing that largely on the uh, basis of you being raised in an urban center. Yeah, sure. Versus yeah. the great outdoors, right. uh, which, of course, there will be a greater preponderance towards because they estimate that by the end of this century, nine out of ten people will be living in urban centers. Right. And it also begs the question of relationship. Because mm-hmm. as we speak now, there are issues with uh, young people, especially spending so much time on their computers and iPhones, that their social life is being atrophied and diminished greatly. And people are recognizing this. What happens yeah, when what happens when we have AI 
virtual assistants who are so real and so intelligent, quote-unquote, that we can have wonderful conversations just with them, like in that movie uh, Her that came out a year or two ago. Yeah. With what was the... Joaquin uh, Phoenix. With Joaquin Phoenix, where he falls in love with mm-hmm. this virtual person mm-hmm. and discovers later on that she's having the same relationship with 640 other men. Yeah, <laughs> that she's, in, in the same form. There's that, who have fallen in love with her, just right, as he right. has. Right, right, right. But it begs the question, what happens to our relationships when everything is speaking to us as if it's personified. And you're speaking about something that's more recent. Let's go back when uh, Space Odyssey 2001 came out. Yeah, of course. Now, now we're going to have a little clip on VoxBox to illustrate. HAL 2000. HAL 9000. HAL 9000 is the computer, yes. You're talking about how it kind of slowly takes over uh, or becomes more than what you think you created. Mm-hmm, in terms mm-hmm. of his response to you. That's a great scene. I still remember at the end where he's pressing the buttons that are shutting Hal down and Hal right. starts to... Yeah. And yeah, it's the end of Hal, right? Yeah, yeah. Box, box. So, what's your story? Hello, Hal, do you read me? Do you read me, Hal? Affirmative, Dave. I read you. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. What's the problem? I think you know what the problem is just as well as I do. What are you talking about, Hal? This mission is too important for me to allow you to jeopardize it. I don't know what you're talking about, Hal. I know that you and Frank were planning to disconnect me. And I'm afraid that's something I cannot allow to happen. Where the hell did you get that idea, Hal? Dave, although you took very thorough precautions in the pod against my hearing you, I could see your lips move. All right, Hal. I'll go in through the emergency airlock. Without your space helmet, Dave, you're going to find that rather difficult. Hal, I won't argue with you anymore. Open the doors. Dave, this conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye. Hal? 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 Box, box. <laughs> but that was 1968. Yeah. The movie was well ahead of what we were experiencing in our day-to-day life. But that study, that technology, that's where it was going even then. Yeah. Well, science fiction writers have always yeah. been... They're always 10, 15 years ahead of whatever's Yeah, the happening. future, you know. Yeah. Earl Grey tea, hot. Uh, yeah. You know, and there it is. <laughs> there it appears, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it's an ongoing question. It's another form of technology that will beg many questions regarding its use, uh, not only our use, the opposing use, which is the criminal element, the security issues, which is something that always comes up with every bit of technology. Yeah, but even for the human beings, humanity, Mm -hmm. what happens if you have a world that gets used to everything speaking to them, and then that's taken away from them, and they have to do it on their own? And I asked you that question the other day. I said, Peter... 
if you woke up one morning and you had no hands, how would you manage to get through your day? What would happen? Because we're okay. talking about technology that's coming into being, mm. and technology that is coming into being is likely to go out of being as it is to come in. There mm. will be an end to it. Yes. Perhaps a sudden end. Maybe there'll be hackers. Maybe there'll be a world war, and technology will decay and be destroyed in different yeah. ways. And the infrastructure of all of this stuff that is producing these new developments will be destroyed and we'll be left to our own devices again. Mm -hmm. We'll have no hands, so to speak. Yeah. How will we get through our day then? Right. You know? These are questions that people need to really consider more deeply. Yeah. It's up to us now to ring the alarm bells if there are any to be rung, in my mm -hmm. opinion, and to say, what kind of a world are we creating for your granddaughter? Yes, you know, what I is know. she going to have in 50, 60 years when she's older? I do wonder that. Even us, Harry, even the next 10 to 30 years, yeah. if you base it on what's happened in the last five or 10, and you put in the exponential factor, it's mind-blowing what could happen. Yeah. Do you have any sense for what that will look or sound like? Can you predict? <laughs> well, certainly faster, more developed. Uh, to what degree, I wouldn't hazard to guess at this point. But for me, it does make it even more significant for us not just us, but for people to engage in these types of discussions. But I mean, technologically, do you think at some point we'll have implants that, oh, that are like virtual assistants where you won't have to talk to it, you'll just have to think the question? Well, if you're talking purely on a physical, physics, science basis, yeah. you know, I think all kinds of things are possible. People are already talking about being able to almost replicate the entire body from organs to eyes to ears. The Six Million Dollar Man, you remember that show? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, again, we talk about being 15, 20 years ahead of the curve. A lot of that's happening now. If you see yeah. what's happening with prosthetics, uh, amazing. Sure. You could have titanium hips and plastic knees. And dental implants are actually stronger than your original teeth. Yeah. So uh, the physical part, uh, yeah, that will continually evolve. That's not the part that I think about. I think more about the effect on our heart and souls and our minds. Mm -hmm. uh, the technology will always continue. You know, there will always be better cars, better lights, or I say better in terms of physical improvements, not necessarily better in yeah. our lives. You know, I'm thinking about even uh, the artistic side of things here, like how that might affect the artistic side of things. I can imagine a writer, the writers in the future, who turn to their speech technology and they say... Uh, Write me a novel, say a crime, mystery, thriller, mm -hmm. with a character that has such and such characteristics, a general plot line that goes a bit like this, but surprise me and give me a twist at the end right. that will surprise me. And in a way, take away the need for an actual writer to write such a book because the artificial intelligence will be able to come up Well, with basically, you're talking about creating a book like you create a pie. Here are the ingredients, mix it up, and give me the final product. Yeah, right? right. So you don't need a cook at that point. Someone who's not a writer stops buying books by writers because their AI can come up with really cool stories, and they don't need to buy books anymore. There is that possibility. What do you see in the next 10, 20 years? Well, I have a darker view of things. I see some issues worldwide that complicates all of this stuff. I've always seen that technology as a kind of empire 
will come to its end at some point, as all empires do. Mm -hmm. So the technological empire will find its conclusion and something else will emerge. Mm -hmm. And whether that will be a more human future or a human cybernetic sort of combination future, hard to know. But I think we're going to be stepping back before we head forward. That's my concern. Because of the nature of where we are as human beings, not the technology, mm -hmm. but the human being on the planet will end up destroying a lot of these developments mm -hmm. and have to rebuild something else out of the ashes of that. That's very possible. A lot of technology is driven by economy. Sure. So, for example, even this uh, technology, voice recognition, when you look at the statistics, the greatest use of voice technology currently now, I don't know what it'll be a year from now, but currently when people use voice technology, it's to find out what products they can buy cheaper and where. Sure. Now, now just imagine this, yeah. this phenomenal technology that allows you to do so much. And what is its current predominant use? Right. It's still consumeristic based. Yeah, we are living in a consumer society. So right. it's logical that everything that most everything that is created in that society is angled towards consumerism, including speech technology. Right. Where's the, the nearest and the quickest way to the pizza place? Mm -hmm. The pizza place wins. I win too, but it's consumerism. Simple. No matter what the technology, how we think and how we live drives a lot of what's happening. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's up to us. It's up to us. It's always up to us. It's always up to us. Doesn't mean that we can control everything. Who needs control? <laughs> <laughs> Siri. Siri. How much you, are you to Italy? Is the time to Italy? <laughs> Dickhead. Siri. Oh. Dickhead. Everybody's talking at me. Can't hear a word they're saying. Only the echoes of my mind I won't let you leave my love behind The Sill Podcast, Perspectives on Art and Technology is a Connecting Dots Media production available at thesillpodcast.com.